Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and good evening. Um, this is Ebony and Ebony, and we are going to be talking about some of the changes that we've seen the last few weeks that have been going on. So, just more discussion. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's our. This is our continuation of our <laughs> podcast from last week, I guess, and. I don't know. I, I, I can't say something like this week and last week. I've been so nervous to record these podcasts and I've never felt that way before. And I think part of it is it's just such a heavy topic and I want it to come across the right way. And I want it to be like a helpful, honest conversation. And so I feel a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start out. I want to just clarify something that I've heard and I've, I've spoken to you about this before. Um, I was having a conversation with one of my white friends and she was um, talking about how she grew up in a poor white neighborhood and that she was understanding and said that she'd been through what people of color have been through. And that's different. That is social and economic class. That's not racial injustice. So those are two very, very different things. And the main thing that I think of is, is, that's something you can change, right? When you are put into, you know, when you're born into a poor family or a poor neighborhood, you, that's something you can change. You can try to, I'm not saying it's easy, but we can't change our skin color, right? I can't just turn a switch and be white when it's convenient. So that's something I think of when I am thinking of that comparison or the differences, the main Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's a comparison that I hear a lot. Um, And like, I I definitely want people to like, know that we appreciate them trying to be empathetic and understanding and all that kind of stuff. Um, And I I agree with you that I think the main difference between um, those comparisons um, are that, and I've, I've been told like, hey, this issue with, you know, police brutality or with systemic injustice has to do with um, class and not race. And I was like, I can't buy that because I've dealt with it and we grew up in a nice neighborhood and our parents provided for us and we were not poor. Um, And so it affected us regardless of our class. Right. And again, like you said, I think the biggest difference is, is that um, if you're born and not like, again, not to say that it's easy to change your class or anything like that, or even when the comparisons made, like between class or I've had people compare like what we've gone through to what the police are going through right now, which I understand that they're being immensely persecuted and I, my heart hurts for them. And I am sorry that that's happening. Um, but again, like at the end of their shift, a police officer can take off their uniform. Right. And mm-hmm. they can go to dinner with their family and they're not a police officer. They're just a man in, you know, a Hawaiian shirt or whatever they're wearing to dinner. And right. it's totally fine. Or someone who grows up in a poor neighborhood, if they, you know, apply themselves in school and have a good career, they can leave that neighborhood and never think about it again. And there's nothing that you or I can do to change our race or, and like, I think that we've all been taught to, um, kind of have these ways that we deter people so that, um, like, I think whether or not we, we like it, people make snap judgments about us because of our skin color. And, um, we've, been taught and we've taught ourselves ways to kind of stop people Um, and we talked about it as a family the other night about how we're all really overly friendly when we meet new people um, and we're 
you know, overly kind. Like I'm so nice to every cashier and every waitress. And I ask about their families and we make jokes and all those kinds of things, not only because our parents taught us to be kind, but also so that we let them know ahead of time, whatever premonitions you have about me, like I'm kind, I'm nice, I'm safe or whatever. And right. We have to do. And there's, there's, I mean, like, I just, there's no way for me to change it. I can't change that I'm black. So while I appreciate people being like trying to be empathetic and understanding there is a difference between your job right or your um right like your class or you know what neighborhood you grew up in um and and your race because it's something that I can't take off at the end of the day there's no amount of schooling that will change my skin color you know right right um what do you think being black means what does that mean to you? Oh, I've been, can I do something? I've really been struggling <laughs> with like the entire idea about being black because I have, I like in the last year I had gotten to like a really good place with like loving the fact that I'm a black woman and also knowing that that's not everything there is to know about me. And I was at this really healthy place with my race and I started wearing my natural hair more and being proud of that. And um, being a little bit more vocal about being black and what that means and um, about black history and all those kinds of things. And with everything that's gone on recently, I've had like this battle because I have mixed race children and I like, and I'm, I'm pregnant right now. And I pray like, this is so hard to say. I pray that my daughter won't look like me. Because I know, I know mm-hmm. what that will mean for her life. And like, that's such like, yeah. a, like, I want to be proud to be black. And I want black to be this beautiful, strong, amazing thing that I, I've known it to be. But with everything that's going on, it's hard to view blackness as this beautiful, powerful, amazing thing with yeah. watching people be hung from trees and being gunned down and all those things. And just even the dumb comments that we've had to deal with growing up. Like, I just... I want being black. I want to teach my children that being black is a strong, beautiful, amazing thing. I've just been really struggling with it the last month because I want their lives to be, when you have kids, you want their lives to be as easy and happy as possible. And I know that the less black they are, the easier their lives will be. And that's like really sad and hard to say, but it's true. Right. I I think to me, the word that comes out when, when, when someone asks me what, you know, what, what being black is about i think of uh resilience yeah. in, in the face of struggle yeah. right so uh this is a quote from somebody she said i will endure a beautiful struggle throughout my whole entire life and i love that and i think um you know as an african-american we we have like an entirely separate set of limitations yeah. right we're constantly adapting and so i totally understand what you mean no yeah and actually like that quote like just like struck home for me like right now is like like it is the ability to go through periods of time like this where we have questions and doubts Mm -hmm. and so much fear fear for our lives fear for our children fear for our siblings we fear for our brothers fear for judgment and all of these things um and going through all of those periods of fear and sadness and even anger and hatred sometimes um and knowing that we carry on anyway and that we come from an entire history of people who have 
had that same resilience, like running through their veins and pumping in their hearts. Like they yeah. fought so that we could live our lives the way that we're living now. And like, yeah. I think that that's a beautiful definition of what it means to be black. And I think I needed to hear that today. Yeah. I love that. I was like, this is you a good one. You? <laughs> this is <man. laughs> Well, in talking about fearing us, I was um, listening to a comedian that is um, really bright-minded and just had, this is a quote from him. He said, um, to white America, bravo. You guys have pulled off the world's greatest Jedi mind trick in society. This notion that black people are meant to be feared and that we are scary is hilarious. Because historically speaking, white people have been the most dangerous people on the planet. He continues and said, you wiped out Native Americans. You kidnapped Black people. You oppressed us for 400 years. We get beaten by the judicial system. We get beat and killed by cops. And he said, it's the biggest hypocrisy in the world. Wow. So I thought that was wow. really interesting. And that, yeah. And that's deep, I know. It is, but, but I think, honestly, like, I I think now is the time to have, like, it, it is, that sounds so, he said it really bluntly. It's blunt and it's harsh, but it's not untrue. And I, um, I, I was talking to you earlier about how I watched this video clip that was kind of along the same lines, but it was a discussion that was happening um, between a black man and, and a white woman. And she was just like genuinely expressing like that she feels fear when she sees black people and she was being very honest about it, which like, I actually appreciate her being like willing to be honest and have this conversation. And I think that it was a really good conversation, but he basically just said like, your fear isn't of like, he's like, I think that like, like, um, Caucasian Americans, for lack of a better term, I'm trying to be as politically correct and kind as I can. (laughs) This is a hard conversation. Caucasian Americans have like this fear then they've 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 shared this fear for generations and the fear didn't start because black people were these big scary awful people in history we were we've historically been you know the slaves and 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 the help and we've been beaten down. Right. And so the fear where it started, where it originated, he says is because the fear was that we would eventually want revenge or that we were angry about what had happened and we were looking to exact revenge. And he was like, but if you look at the conversations that have been had through history, what they're asking for is equality and respect. And I think that that's like a good distinction is like when you when you see someone who maybe strikes fear in you because of how they look, their appearance, um, consider the fact that they're a human being and um, that they might just want to be treated with kindness and respect the same way that I think all yeah. of us do. Right. It, that reminds me of, of going back to, to trying to get revenge or be equal, but I don't know if this is true or not, but I read that Bill Cosby once tried to buy NBC and that didn't go through, not because he couldn't afford it, because they weren't about to give a black man power like that over a whole entire network. I have so, never heard that story. And I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure that's true, but <laughs> I've never heard that story. And you know what? Get- like, that's yeah. like that's a horrible reason also though he turned out not to be a great guy and right so, this was before yeah you know all but, that stuff went down you know, and I think like we I think 
one thing that's been hard, and we talked to our brother about this last night, um, is like on the one hand of watching everything that's happened over the last few weeks, like we were just talking about how like the Confederate flags are coming down and statues of slave owners are coming down. They're changing the names of schools that were named after slave owners, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's been a lot of positivity. And I talked to our family about like how, like, I think this is the first time in my life that I feel comfortable being an activist for my own race and actually like actually being an activist and actually fighting this fight and actually being vocal because I have so many people behind me, so many family members. We have so many amazing cousins who've been listening and sharing our podcasts. And we have so many people who've been reaching out and messaging us or reaching out to our parents. And so it's given us this strength and this boost and it's been really great. But on the other hand, it's also Mm -hmm. been really hard to hear like stories that have come out of the woodwork. Like right now there are a lot of actors and actresses who are sharing their stories about like racial discrimination in their jobs right and there are people who are posting videos that they've had of these like really sad horrible interactions and there are young black people being hung from trees and so like on the one hand it's such like a beautiful time where like the world is coming together and fighting for the same thing and on the other hand there's also so much like negativity and anger that's pushing back at the positivity and the unity that we're finally getting right i i totally agree and uh like you said you know, the Confederate flag is coming down. There's been other companies that have come out and, you know, and they are deciding to use June or let's see, what was it? Juneteenth is like a paid holiday now. Um, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing Walmart decided to, you know, unlock all their ethnic and beauty hair products, which I didn't even know they did until you told us that in a podcast earlier. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I actually called Walmart and just asked them and, I got a guy on the phone that just said, well, by my house, there's razors that are locked up. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I didn't ask you that. Oh, gosh, I can't. I can't handle it. But here's the thing. Everybody uses razors, so that cannot be misconstrued as offensive, right? If I'm the only person in the store who's buying that type of shampoo (laughs) for my natural hair, it makes me feel really dumb when Sally can pick up her Fructis shampoo, and I have to go... Get a ma- right yeah, I have to, to go get a manager to get my mm-hmm. shampoo or my children's shampoo because you yeah. locked it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was. He didn't even comment. He's like, "Well, at my well, by in my neighborhood, there's razors that are locked up." I was like, "Uh, I didn't ask you that, Steve, <laughs> but thank you so much." And, that, and I just I was up. gonna call him Charlie. So. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, I heard of that around like June 10th. I'm not sure if that was like the official date that Walmart announced that, but, um, and then band-aids is launching new band-aids for darker skin colors, which, which is great. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be 30 next year. So that's weird that we're just getting to that. (laughs) Yeah, no, and this is is part of the thing that, um, like, (laughs) We talked last week about like the rioting and the looting versus the protesting, right? And that like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily like, I don't think that like light rioting and looting is the answer to all of our problems. However, like in the last two weeks, we've seen more change nationwide than we've seen <laughs> in my entire life, right? Right. Like, right. Like 
huge sports organizations now supporting their players in a way that they didn't before and stores unlocking my hair products so that I can just buy them without having to go get a manager with my children in the cart and you know what I mean like band-aids that will match my kids skin color and I mean just like all of these things that like that that now (laughs) finally is banning the confederate flag like all these things and it's like would all of this stuff had happened if people weren't marching loudly and being angry like if if the whole nation wasn't Mm -hmm. in this big outcry would those changes have happened and again like I don't necessarily think like the rioting and the looting and like I don't think burning a target like changes the world or whatever but the whole world being uncomfortable and angry together force it forced some changes and I think that like I said last week I said when the world is uncomfortable like change happens and we need to be uncomfortable together and and make some changes and I think that it happened I think that we may like changes are being made in a way that they've never in in my lifetime in my 26 years right nothing like this has ever happened yeah well it's also exposing companies for for the bad that they've done and I, I worked in retail for many, many years and I worked in luxury and fast fashion, kind of like any, everywhere in between. And there have been, you know, employee, employee, um, employees that have come out and said, you know, we have a code word for when black people come in our store. What? Right. And they do. And that happened to me when I worked at some of the stores that I worked at, they'd be like, Hey, can you watch those people? And I was like, I'm confused because I'm black. So that you'd be doing that to me if I didn't work here. So just because I'm on the clock, you're treating me as an equal. But the second I don't work here, you know, it, it changes. So that was a weird, and I didn't realize, you know, I was, I think it was like one of my first jobs. I think it was like 18 or 19. I just didn't understand what that, you know, how bad that yeah. was. Because I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll, and then, and then I was like, oh, that's not, that's, that's, that's racism. That's <laughs> and they're teaching that. Right, and they're and they're training people to yeah. do that. Oh so, my gosh, that's um, so sad. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, um, I think anthropology has a nickname as well. I I know that the time that I've gone in there, they were following me, uh, the whole entire time. Um, yeah. So it's exposing a ton of companies as well for yeah, you know, racist like being racist and, and teaching. Isn't that. it? And isn't it interesting what, what, what experiences give us like a hall pass from being black? Like, I think (laughs) a lot of the times people think that because we um, speak in a way that makes it clear that we have been well-educated and that our parents raised us to be respectful and all of those things that automatically people are like, oh, okay. Like she speaks like, and I've heard this so many times, she speaks like a white person. So like, obviously she's not like... you know what I mean? Like, and I just think it's really funny that like all of a sudden, like I no longer count and people feel like they can say things to me that they wouldn't say if I didn't speak the way that I speak. Right. Or the fact that I'm married right. to a white man, people think it's okay. Like Tanner has a friend, my husband has a friend who called me the N word and like, he didn't do the hard R, but just like uh-huh. casually, he was like, what's up my, and he, 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 and here's the thing. I don't even say it. Like, uh, what, like what the yeah, rappers like, use. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in there. And like, here's, okay. I, like, I won't say it on the podcast. I don't say it in my daily life. I don't listen to music. This says it. That's my personal thing. But he had decided that mm-hmm. because of who I was married to and that he knew my husband and all this kind of stuff like that. And, you know, just that I was friendly, that it was acceptable for him to say that to me. And I was like, excuse me? Like, I don't, I can't remember the last. He got too comfortable. That's too comfortable. Yeah, I was like, I don't know you that well, sir. Okay. I'm. <laughs> 
do not. And here's Back the thing, up. like it didn't it didn't feel any better to me than the time where um like I don't even know if I told the story, but um Henry and I went grocery shopping and it was really soon after the last election and it was late at mm-hmm. night and um we were picking up some groceries at Smith's. We go out to the parking lot or no, when I pulled in the parking lot, there was a car full of guys and they had their, you know, make America great again, hats on or whatever. And doing, you know, what I normally do because I want people to know that I'm kind and I'm safe and I'm respectful. I got out of the car and I smiled and I said, hello. And they didn't think that was interesting at all. They didn't want to talk to me. (laughs) And I went in and bought my groceries. I was in there for probably 40 minutes. And when I got back, they were around my car and um, it was like two guys and a girl. And the one guy who was obviously like leading the charge called me an N word B word and asked me why I thought that I was good enough to speak to him. And, um, he wouldn't let me get to my car. And Henry was like two at the time, two and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I am just stuck there with my groceries. And I kept up. I apologized. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you you know, I'll just go. And he was, and he just kept cussing at me, calling me the N word. And this lady eventually had to come and like tell him to back off. And she helped me get my groceries in the car and she held Henry while I got my stuff in the car. And then we went home, but that didn't like that time where that man called me the N word. It didn't feel any worse than when someone says it to me in a right. joking way. You know what I mean? Like that it's it right. feels doesn't matter if you know. Yeah, it feels just as bad whether you mean it in a way that's horribly mean or whether you mean it to be friendly mm-hmm. because I know the connotation of that word and right. Either way, like I don't want to hear it. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. That's You don't this, need And to, this is like need to be this said. is a tangent, but do you think do you think it's okay for black people to use the N word? Um, if that's a hard question. I don't think Sorry. it should be used at all. I don't think it should be used at all. Um, but if you know, if they want to use that word, go for it. But I don't think I don't like it at all. Whether you're black or white, I don't think it works. But a lot of people will say, "Well, how come you guys can say it to each other and we can't?" And I think, I think there's just too much bad blood there. Yeah, with a white person, there's just too much like. It's too, it's too bloody. Yeah. So it, it's a whole different thing when a white person's saying I, I've, I've heard that but question no, a I, lot. I don't think use it all, but that's just how yeah. I feel. So I, I choose not to use it, but I also respect that if mm-hmm. another black person wants to use it, they can. And I'm going to explain why, because I want, like, this is a lesson that I had to learn for myself about why it's okay for them to use it. Cause I mm-hmm. didn't understand why it was okay for people to use it. Right. And um, so the first thing is, is that I think within every culture, there are words or terms that people use within like their close knit groups that if somebody else said it, it wouldn't be okay. Right. Like Mm -hmm. when I was in high school, it's really dumb, but me and my friends used to call each other the B word. Right. Like it's super dumb, but we did like, it's like a close knit thing. You see, or like you (laughs) see girls in movies who like answer the phone like that, like what's that B and they call each other the B word. Yeah. Yeah. If someone outside (laughs) that friend group came in and called them that word, they would be totally offended. Right. If I drove into a small town and went into Walmart and just started calling everybody a redneck, that would be totally unacceptable. That would be totally offensive. And I would deserve to be, have things thrown at me in the Walmart, right? 
but right. they have comedians who make redneck jokes and they make redneck jokes to each other. <laughs> and there's like redneck bumper stickers and tattoos and within right. their culture, right. it's okay for them to call each other that. And they've taken that term to mean right. something endearing and fun and funny for them. But if I came in out from outside that culture, it would be considered offensive. Does that make sense? Right. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't like the word at all, but within our race, I, I understand yeah. why, why they say it and that it, it doesn't mean it's not the same yeah. meaning. Obviously. I think that, <laughs> and I, I watched this really cool video. I'll have to send it to you. But this woman talks about the N-word and she talks about like its originations and that it in back in Africa it meant something along the lines of royalty. And then mm-hmm. when um they when the slave trade started, they started using it to mean like less than human, less than dirt. Just yep. this really horrible yep. demeaning name. It was meant to put you in your place, right? Um, exactly. and it was used while they were doing horrible, horrendous things that I don't want to repeat or talk about, but it was, it had this horrible name and she talked about how empowering it was for her to take that word back and for her to say, I'm a free woman now and I can use that word however I want to use it and you don't get to use that word against me anymore. And so I thought that that was really cool. Right. It was a really powerful video for me to watch. Um, yeah. I still choose not to use it because I can't get over the negative connotation, but I just thought it was interesting mm-hmm. to hear other people's views about why within the culture, <laughs> some people do say it. Yeah. Well, what do you think are some ways that um, whether you're whatever color you are, black or white, that you can help this movement? What do you think are some ways that people can make a change? Yeah, I think... Or be a part of it. I think that this is really important. And because um, I don't want people to think that our podcast is just you and me like complaining about the world or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I do want I do want to be helpful. And like, I think like the political answer is like that we need to um, figure out what's going on with police training and that there in reality, there can't be it's just one of those professions where there can't be bad cops. That's just the reality. It's like having bad brain surgeons. You can't have bad brain surgeons. You can't be like, oh, well, there's a couple of bad apples in the bunch, but it's okay. Like, you can't say that about brain surgeons. I don't think we should be able to say that about police officers. I think that we need to, yeah. I mean, politically, I think we need to evaluate the justice system. We need to break it down and 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 gut it and fix the whole thing. But that's not something I feel like I necessarily have control over right now. Of course, like vote, vote, vote and vote for people who are going to fight for this battle and fight on our side's battle. Yeah. So of course, like, of mm-hmm. course voting, but I think that beyond that, because like for me, that answer is like, it's, it's like, okay, I'll vote, but also like, what can I do right now? Like I want to do something right now, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think for me, like the advice that I give people is that the change starts with you and within your home. And I think for me, it starts with having really open, honest conversations. Um, and like uh-huh. listening, we need to listen to each other. Like um, I was talking to our family the other night about how I've had conversations with people where I had to change my perspective and I had to go in listening with understanding and empathy so that people could tell me why they didn't understand the Black Lives Matter movement and I could listen to it wholeheartedly and understand it. And then I could explain Mm -hmm. to them in a way that was like helpful and loving and not from a place of anger. And then 
it was only ever received well if the other person was also listening with understanding and with empathy. And I think that if we can all just decide that we're going to listen with understanding and empathy, I think that these conversations can be had. I think you can see videos that will change your heart and change your life, that will change your perspective on the entire situation. And so I think listening with understanding and empathy, I think that once you've changed your mindset to that, I think it's allowing the information to flow. So things like um, Netflix has an entire playlist of shows and movies right now that are all based around this Black Lives Matter movement. They're all these shows and movies that are about Black history, that are about um, systemic mm-hmm. injustice, that are about, you know... And they're all really Oh, good. yeah. I mean, Tanner... Oh, they're they're fabulous. Tanner and I have been watching a bunch of them, and so um, I think that like that's a really good place to start is like find some of those shows on Netflix. Like that's something that people are doing anyway. Right. So go and find one of those shows, and again, go into it with that understanding <laughs> and empathy, right? Like, um, what is the show? When they see us, have you seen that? No, I about haven't. the Central Park Five. Oh man, that one I recommend for everybody. I know what it's about. It's, I haven't seen it it's, though. It's yeah. Oh, the story even is just really hard, so I'm not even going to go into it. So yeah, I think um, educating yourself through <laughs> Netflix, through literature, listening to people whose stories might not match up with yours, surrounding yourself with people who have a different story, who have a different background, and then teaching your kids, right. of course, right? Like, um, if you go on Amazon, there are so many beautiful books about race about different cultures about so many things about black history even there are so many beautiful children's books so I would go on Amazon and look up some children's books to read to your kids I would not be afraid Mm -hmm. to uh, talk to people in public and ask questions like reach out to me or Angie if you have questions or you want to talk to us or you want me to hug your child so they know that that I'm nice I'm you know like (laughs) I'm here like I think reaching out I think we need to like rely on each other so I think educating yourself educating your children so that when they grow up the world is different you know what I mean and then listening with understanding and empathy I also think that we if we as we make changes within ourselves as we decide we're not going to be as judgmental our children will see that and it will change the way that they see the world Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm at mm-hmm. the store and I see a man who has his entire face is covered with tattoos, if I act scared for, of him, then my children see that and they'll be scared of him. But if I ask right. him about the butterfly tattooed above his eyebrow and he tells me the story and I'm nice to him and we laugh, then Henry knows that he's okay and he's safe and he knows not to judge that man. Right. right. But as we make right. changes within ourselves, we teach those ch- changes to our children. And I have a lot of hope that that the world will be a better place for my kids. Yeah, I just want to name some of my favorite movies that are out there. And these are on Netflix. These are on Amazon Prime. Um, Selma is a fabulous Mm. one. Just Mercy is amazing. Marshall is awesome. Glory Road is one of my favorites. That is about a college basketball team. Um, Harriet recently came up. Yeah, Harriet, um, Harriet recently came out. And then the one that's really good, which is really intense... If you can't handle it, I get it. But 12 Years a Slave is is heavy, uh, really, really intense. Yeah. yeah, that it shows pretty much everything. But so I think that if you can handle it, I say go for it. Yeah, I think it's good to be educated if you can. I think that um, those things are hard for me to watch. But again, like I think that it's really great to be educated. So, yeah, those I think those are my suggestions. Yeah. Again, I, mean, I think we're all on the same page about that is that we just want people to. Yeah. 
give yourself some understanding, spread the understanding to your kids. And I'm trying to do the same with my kids. I'm having hard conversations (laughs) with my kids. We're having conversations as a family. We get on our family Zoom meeting and we had a two hour talk about it last night with our family members. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that, um, I think I have a lot of hope that the world's going to be a better place. I just, I feel really hopeful. Right. I think for me, one of the biggest things is just standing up for people. Yeah. Um, when you see someone that's not being treated right, or, um, you know, someone says something that's inappropriate, I think chime in on that and say, Hey, we don't do that. Or, Hey, don't say that. Um, instead of just watching it as well. Cause I think, I think that would change a lot of the situations as well. If people had stood up and said something like we are now, this whole movement is that. So, um, I, I had an experience in high school. I remember in AP history, um, we got to slavery, the, the chapter, and, and, and I don't know if you felt this way, but everyone was always looking at yeah. me through, through slavery chapters, and I was using it as an example all the time, mm-hmm. and I probably should have gone to my teacher and said, hey, I don't really like when you do that. Like, I should have stood up for things that probably were inappropriate at the time, yeah. which I always just kind of brushed off and was like, oh, well, this is what it is. Like, you know, you know, she can use me because I'm the only Black one in here, and that's not that's not the right way to look at it. So I think just standing up for, for things that you see that are inappropriate um, is, is a huge one. Yeah. And also like standing up for or defending a minority. Like I told that story about being in the Smith parking lot. If that woman, if that beautiful Caucasian American woman hadn't stepped in, like, I don't know how that night would have ended. I don't know what that man and his friends had in mind. Mm-hmm. And she stepped in and said, that's enough. And he didn't want to bug her. So he let us load my groceries and he let, you know, us get in the car and me and my child were safe. So I think standing up when you see, and it's not always that extreme, right? Um, yeah. But I think like defending people is, is a really good thing. And um, sometimes I think we feel like we can't defend ourselves. Um, I know that like, we've joked about, you know, people petting our hair, our whole lives. And, you know, I think that we've decided just to always be like quiet and respectful because we don't want, like, at least I, I don't want to be like the angry black woman. You know what I mean? That says like, don't touch me. And I don't want them to have a (laughs) negative. I don't want them to walk away from an experience with me and have like a negative connotation to someone with dark skin. But that's all the perception that I was talking about earlier. It's like what they've seen before. And so we don't want to put off that perception yeah. that, that and so we may think that we and are. so like um but like my sweet husband he will ask people not to touch me <laughs> and he will ask people not to touch our kids or we walked through Costco and this woman followed us for like 30 minutes in Costco and she just was staring <laughs> and I like I, I I I smiled at her and I said hi once and she didn't want to talk to me but she followed us for like 30 minutes and finally my husband turned around and was like can we help you <laughs> <laughs> what she, she just want? walked away she was like oh and she like left and she left us alone <laughs> and it was so weird but I felt like I couldn't say anything because I didn't want to be the scary black woman but, like my my husband really has been super great about defending me when I feel like I can't defend myself so I think you're right like standing up and yeah. defending people who sometimes we feel defenseless I think is really great right what do you think this might be a little bit deep and serious I mean it is serious but I've been seeing this on the internet too. And and the question is, should the KKK be considered a terrorist group? <laughs> now, let me read the definition of what terrorist okay. is. It's the unlawful use, the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians 
in the pursuit of political aims. Yeah, I... That sounds about <laughs> right to I me. Know. I know. <laughs> Here's how I feel. I feel like that's not a... Contro- like, I just don't understand why it's, like, a controversial conversation. I don't understand why it's a conversation at all. I feel like I don't know a single person in my life who would be like, no... <laughs> The KKKs aren't, isn't, they're not terrorists. Like, I don't know anybody who feels that way. I feel like everybody would be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Sounds about right. Like, I just. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> No, but I think, I think, like, I, like, I just don't, I don't know. I think that it should be a pretty easy decision for, well, I don't know. I <sighs> I, I know that like 1.3 or 5 million people have signed a petition. Yeah. I I don't have, I feel like it's not really going to go anywhere from there. I could be wrong, but it's just something that's been brought up into my attention this last week, which I never even thought about. I never, ever thought about that before. Yeah, so. I guess like it's just so weird for me where it's, it, it's not labeled that already. Um, yeah. Just kind of one of those things that you think about. You're like, hmm, is that not what they are? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that um, hopefully that that will be the case. Um, sometimes I worry about with the situation our government is in. I won't say anything beyond that. But <laughs> with the current state of the White House, I worry that things like that will go away be pushed away or swept under the rug or whatever um but i hope that eventually i think i think that eventually that that will be the case i think most of america is like yeah yeah for sure (laughs) you know right yeah and i also just want to add too i hope this doesn't change people around you or i or our family because we're black i know some people that i've talked to are like more on their toes yeah. which which is great that you're aware but you don't need to be scared to just be who you normally are with us if that makes sense yeah and I especially think so. I, like, I think <laughs> that um we have been super lucky and super blessed to be surrounded by friends and family who have just treated us as Angie and Hannah and not as black people or black girls or whatever I'm like yes we've had silly experiences and people you know, sometimes say dumb things or whatever, but we've been unconditionally loved by so many people. And those people are the reason that you and I are the way that we are today. They're the reason that we feel comfortable speaking out. They're the reason that you and I are confident and, and loving and kind. And I think that we owe them everything. So I hope that when people see us that they want to hug us and that they know we want to hug them and thank them for using their voice. Like, I have so many people that I can't wait to see and hug and tell them thank you for standing up for us. And um, I hope that mm-hmm. people feel the same way. I feel so much like love and unity for the people in my life right now. Um, and and if if someone, like I'm at the point in my life where if someone does do something offensive, like I'll let you know, like don't, don't you worry, right. you'll know, you know? <laughs> well, but I'm saying just don't be scared just because of what's going yep. on. Like don't, don't be afraid to talk to us or, or, you know, be weird around us because of this movement. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, you don't need to. Yeah. And I hope they're not, you know, like, like disengage or something, you know? And I don't, I I guess like, I, I, I hope they're not. I just hope that's not the case. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you too, for everyone who's been super supportive of, of us and our family. Cause I thought about this the other day and I was like, I think we've impacted so many people because, 
I, I broke it down. And I was like, I was like the first black person in like all of my friends' houses. Yeah. And like, same with you. And like, we were the first of so many things. Like, I think probably the first in our church too, like, you know, black people coming to church in that area. So I think um, it's probably what a lot of people are thinking about. I know that a lot of people have reached out to our parents and stuff. So, but we're really thankful. Everyone's been really, really, really nice. Yeah. So thank thank you you for the messages. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Thank you for reaching out. And thank you for those of you who have posted anything on social media in support of the movement in support of um, our, I guess this sounds really corny, but for lack of a better word, like our people, <laughs> I feel like Moses. <laughs> community. <laughs> yeah, our community. Here. That sounds way better. I was like, let my people go. Like I was full on Moses <laughs> for half a second. Oh, heaven help me. Okay. But for our community, like I love, <laughs> I love seeing people post. It makes me feel so supported and so loved and I've just been super grateful and I have I've been telling my parents over and over again that like never in my life have I felt so like confident to stand up and stand up for myself and stand up for our community because I have so many people that are behind us yeah and we have some good news so the next episode that we do which will be next week we were we will have our parents on the podcast yay they're That is confirmed. They are <laughs> legitimately the two most amazing people on the freaking fracking planet. And I like, yeah. I, I mean that wholeheartedly. And I'm so excited that they're going to come on. And um, I hope that it's just a wondrous experience. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss that one. That'll be like the highlight of this. No, podcast, really. It'll so. legit- <laughs> legitimately be the best episode. <laughs> Ooh, and then maybe one time we should yeah. have my birth mom on. Ooh. That would be interesting. That would be, it will be a loud, crazy, <laughs> fun episode if she ever comes on. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for this week. Yes, it is. All right. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again. And we will chat next All week. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.